Here's some practical help with parenting. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. You know, Charlotte Mason didn't just focus on schoolwork. She addressed parenting, too. In fact, more than a third of her volumes is devoted to parenting issues because she knew that education is about much more than academics. Education is about shaping who your child becomes. It's about helping your child become the best version of himself that he can possibly be. And that work goes on outside the schoolroom. It's a 24-7 job. Parenting plays a huge role in the education of your child. So I'm excited today to introduce to you two friends who understand that huge role that parents play in education and who are devoted to helping you become the best parent you can be. Ginger Hubbard and Katie Morgan, welcome. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Well, thank you, Sonia. We are very excited to be here yes. and look, been looking forward to it for quite mm. some time. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about your families Okay. to get started. Okay, you go first, Katie. Okay. Um, I'm married to my husband, Brian. We've been married for 16 years, and we have three children. Our oldest, um, is, our oldest boy is 11. We have a nine-year-old daughter and a six-year-old boy, and we've homeschooled the whole time. And you mainly use Charlotte Mason, is that correct? Yes, yes. A mm -hmm. little eclectic, but mostly yeah. love Charlotte Mason and just the style and the relaxed atmosphere in our home when we use Charlotte Mason predominantly. Yeah, yeah, sure. great. How about you, Ginger? Uh, I have two kids that are 27 and 25, and then uh, 12, 10 years ago, I married Ronnie Hubbard, who came as a package deal with two boys who are also in their 20s, and so uh, between the two of us, we've got four, and I homeschooled mine all the way through, which is should be a huge encouragement to your listeners, because if <laughs> I barely, barely made it through high school myself. So if I can homeschool, anybody can homeschool. <laughs> and then Ronnie's boys went to public school. So when I married him 10 years ago, we kind of got to experience the whole thing between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Now, I was fortunate to meet you guys and connect with you guys just over this past year. Mm -hmm. And Katie, you kind of started this, right? Right. Do you want to confess what sure, you did? Sure, I would. Well, I've actually got my parenting hero and my homeschooling hero in one room. And Ginger and I, I convinced Ginger to start the podcast with me. And, um, you know, through the course of doing conferences together and being there together, I said, you really need to meet Sonia. She's amazing. And I just would talk and talk and talk about your sessions and all that I got out of them. So you went with me mm -hmm. to one of your sessions ah. at Teach Them Diligently. And so... And now we've been fighting now, ever since over who's, who's your biggest fan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So anyway, so after I heard you speak, because Katie took me to hear you, and I just loved everything you had to say, mm -hmm. and I felt such a connection with you about reaching the hearts of kids. And so I'm like, yeah, Katie, you were right. We have so much in common. And so I was just dying to meet you. But every time I went by your booth, you were not there. And so finally, um, you were there, and we talked, and we really connected, and then you said, hey, what would you think about coming and being on the podcast? And so I'm like, yes, and you gave me your uh, business card and yeah. said, give me a call or email me or whatever, and let's, let's uh, schedule this. And so I was so excited, and then I went to the restroom, and when I pulled my phone out of my, your card was in my back pocket, and when I pulled my phone out, somehow, apparently, it wound up falling in the toilet. And I didn't notice until I went to flush and it was already swirling. And so I had to make this. I called Katie. 
I'm like, you're not going to believe what happened. So I, I'm not really good with quick knee-jerk decisions, but I've, I've got two choices here. I can either go tell Sonia Schaefer that I just flushed her business card down the toilet. <laughs> Which is perfectly fine. But I didn't know you that well then. I didn't know how you might take that. And so second choice is to stick my hand in the no. swirling pee. That's not even a choice, But I girl. did. Oh, uh, so I reached what am I going to do with this? So then I'm in the bathroom and I'm like frantically, I have soap and so I'm scrubbing off. And so two people are at the sink with me and they're like, why is she scrubbing a business card (laughs) with soap? And so, you know, the whole COVID thing, I I thought really quick and I'm like, you know, you can never be too careful. (laughs) And so they just looked at me like I was crazy. But then I noticed that the writing was starting to come off of the card. So then I'm panicked even more. So I run up to my hotel room and I dry it off with a hairdryer. I think I actually have it. Y'all, this is the You're cleanest. You're kidding. This is the no. cleanest. You can't This is the cleanest card. <laughs> it is so clean. It didn't occur to you to take a picture with your phone. That's what cracks me up. I wouldn't have thought of that either. But when I'm panicked, I'm panicked. Yeah. And so, you know, but anyway, and then what's so funny is I wound up going and telling you exactly what happened. So it defeated the purpose of the whole of the whole thing. But anyway, so and then and then I said, She's never gonna invite us to be on the podcast now. I should have told her that. <laughs> Katie's like, yeah, it'll probably be a, uh, it's don't 50/50. call us, we'll yeah. call you. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> so we were thrilled when you asked us to come on after all that. Well, after all that effort, you yeah. know, yeah. You, have to, yeah. you have to honor that somehow. <laughs> well, what's fun is when I first met you, it's like, I know that name. And then I saw the books that you had written. And I remembered, don't make me count to three which I had read, I'm not going to say many years before, because that was dates us, <laughs> it was but um, I had read it when I, my children were still younger, mm-hmm. not out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, this woman gets it. Mm-hmm. This woman gets it. Mm-hmm. And I loved that book. And so when we were talking at the convention and you showed me your new book, I was just so excited about it. It's called, I Can't Believe You Just Said That. We can all relate to this oh, yeah. as parents. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. What led you to write this book? Well, Sonia, after I had written Don't Make Me Count to Three, and I had this little wise words for mom's chart companion that kind of went with it, I started speaking, you know, all over the country. And as a national speaker, I started listening to parents all over the place, uh, really frustrated about some of the tongue-related offenses that their children were struggling with and just had some frustrations about not knowing how to handle that. So um, I decided I wanted to write a book to really help parents get to the heart of that. Mm -hmm. So I uh, just addressed um, all these different tongue-related offenses that I could think of, like whining and tattling and uh, everything that I could think of. What are some of the other ones? Whining, complaining, everything's like Mm -hmm. all these different ones. And really wanted to help parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to address those issues. And there's some really great parenting books out there, um, and a lot of them address the tongue-related struggles that children have, and a lot of them are full of scripture that are helpful for parenting. But what I found was that few of them really offered the information that parents needed most, which to, which was how to practically apl- apply those scriptures yes. to the everyday yes. struggles that their kids were facing. So that's what I wanted to do, was just to research the Word of God. I really shouldn't even take credit for it, because all I did is sit down and research what the Word of God has to say about these different tongue-related offenses, and then how we can really get past the outward behavior of them and pull out what's at the heart and then address them from a biblical perspective. So that is that was my goal for writing yeah. the book. Yeah. It reminds me of, with my kids, whenever they would have start bickering with each mm-hmm. other, mm-hmm. 
I knew the scripture, mm -hmm. but it's like, how do you handle this? And so it's like, well, say you're sorry. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, sorry. Yeah. Well, they said it. What do you do then? You know, right. and it's like, well, hug each other or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just we, we need those practical yeah. tools. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so glad that you put those together. Tell us, I like how each chapter in the book talks about those different Mm -hmm. verbal offenses that we can come mm -hmm. across. And then you have that three-step plan. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about I that do. plan, yeah. those practical tools. Yeah, yeah. And let me back up just a little bit because yeah. you were saying uh, something else that motivated me to write the book, not just listening to the parents, but also in my own parenting. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help parents um, recognize something that took me a long time to recognize. And that is that our, the, the things that come out of our mouth, it comes from what is in our heart. Right. Because like so many parents, I'm sure you guys can relate. I was often shocked by some of the <laughs> things that I would hear come out of the mouths of my kids. Mm -hmm. And I would find myself looking at my kids going, why do you act like that? But, you know, after a closer look at the Word of God, I began to realize that I was actually asking the wrong question. In Matthew 12, I wrote down some verses, Matthew 12, 34, it says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Yes. In other words, there's merit to that old saying, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. You know, our sin does not begin with our mouths. It begins with our hearts. Mm -hmm. The sin that shows up in our words, it comes from inside us. Mm -hmm. And it starts a lot sooner than we might think. Um, King David proclaimed, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So uh, I think that when parents really begin to grasp just the origin of sin and just the total depravity of the human nature in general, we no longer have to question why our children mm -hmm. sin. So I slowly learned, it took me a long time, but to stop asking, why does my child sin? And instead I begin to ask myself, when my child sins? How might I point him to the fact that he is a sinner, just like I am, in need of a Savior? How can I really help him to understand and live in that transformational power of Christ? Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of us, like you, you know, it's like, well, just hug each other, and, and you don't know where to go from there. And that's yeah. kind of how I was. So I really wanted to help parents uh, get past that outward behavior and realize what was going on in the heart. Because if we uh, can reach the heart, well, then that behavior is going to take care of itself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I came up with the three-step plan was for how to do that. And the whole intent of the three steps is to reach the heart mm -hmm. as we are dealing with these issues. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about those three steps. Okay. Well, so step one is, no matter what they're struggling with, is to ask heart-probing questions. And again, that goes back to Scripture and the example that Jesus said. If you think about it, in all the stories throughout Scripture, uh, when someone did something wrong, Jesus didn't point his finger in their face and say, this is what you did wrong, and this is what you should have done instead. Mm -hmm. That's not what he did. Instead, he mm -hmm. often used heart probing questions. And in order for the people to answer those questions, they had to evaluate themselves because Jesus, he was a skilled heart prober. He knew how to ask those questions in such a way that the people would have to take their focus off of the situations and the circumstances going on around them and onto the sin in their own heart. And so that is where I got the example of the heart probing questions. And so that's going to help pull out the issue. And then steps two and three are based on the Ephesians verse that says we're to put off our old selves and put on our new selves. Those verse say, 
Um, well, how does it start, Katie? What does those verses say? You were taught with regard to your former way of life mm -hmm. to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So steps two and three are based on that verse. Step two is what to put off. What does God's word say about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued? And then step three is what to put on, how to replace what is wrong with what is right. And that step three, that's such an important thing because so often in our parenting, we tend to stop our training at telling our kids what not to do. Yes. But that can exasperate our kids because 1 Corinthians 10, 13, uh, you know, God says that when we're tempted, he always gives us a way out. He always provides us with a means of escape. So when we just correct our children for wrong behavior and we don't walk them through right behavior, we're gonna exasperate mm -hmm. them because we're not providing them with that means of escape. We're not giving them that way out. And according to the scripture, that sort of neglect can actually provoke them to anger. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage always follow through and not just telling them what not to do, but follow through with what God's word says what to do, how to replace what is wrong with what is right. And then we want to have them practice it. Yeah, it gives them hope Yes, that, that they can mm -hmm. make that change, that mm -hmm. they can put on what is right. And it also reminds me of what Charlotte says about the old bad habits, you don't focus on breaking the bad habit. Mm -hmm. You focus on what's the new habit you want to put in its place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so. we see a big difference when oh, we take it a absolutely. step further. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do with your kids too. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think our instinct as parents is to only do, you know, don't do this, mm -hmm. stop doing this, and just to end there, not even to start with heart probing questions. Mm -hmm. Unless we say, why did you do that? Which <laughs> no child knows the answer to that. We often don't yeah. know the answer to that well, for when we do things. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because my heart is deceitful above all else, Mom. That's why yeah. I did that. You know, I mean, the, I don't know if that's what we're waiting for them to say or what, yeah. but it's a pointless question. It really, yeah. It's more of a rhetorical question and yeah. a frustration. Mm -hmm. And so I think the great thing about the heart probing questions is it forces us to slow down, to recognize that we are sinners raising little sinners mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, to help them get to the heart of why they do things and what the motivation is in their hearts when they do these things. Mm -hmm. So it slows me down enough. And your chart, I don't know if you are planning to talk about the chart, but mm -hmm. the wise words for mom's chart, which goes specifically by behaviors and gives specific heart probing questions mm -hmm. and then has verses related to what to put off mm -hmm. and what to put on. It is, that is the greatest resource for us and we have it all over our house. So. Yeah, I had mine hanging in my kitchen for when my sweet little mm -hmm. angels grew horns and I was at a loss for words. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, a lot of times, that's the thing, a lot of times when we're in the heat of the moment, yeah. that's when we don't respond the right way. That's right. when we find ourselves just correcting our children for wrong behavior mm -hmm. and administering a consequence. Well, because they don't give us warning. Right. right. <laughs> they don't let us prepare yeah. for this. It's just like, boom, there it happens. Yeah. It's like, wah, yeah. wah, huh. You know, I was thinking about five other things and now right. here is this. Yeah. So yeah, it helps to have yeah. that. So when we have that, when we have some verses already written down and some heart probing questions already written down in accordance with the things our children struggle with, then when we're in the heat of the moment, we're going to find ourselves being a little bit more uh, consistent mm -hmm. as far as pointing them to their need for Jesus and pointing them to the Word of God. Sometimes it's just about having um, a plan, having the Word of God um, already broken down and ready for us to um, talk to our kids about with the struggles they have. And, you know, kids aren't going to, I have 22 different behaviors listed in my chart, but they're not going to struggle with all 22 behaviors. I mean, they're usually only struggling with maybe two or three, maybe four at a time. So, Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're all doing be a little overwhelming yeah. today. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it. And we run the gamut. I mean, I do find myself, though, going back to complaining an awful lot. Yeah. And just to have 
have a kinder, gentler way to approach something like complaining mm-hmm. because shouting them down really mm-hmm. does not help. I want I want to play off of that. You mm-hmm. said a kinder, gentler way. Mm-hmm. It, when we talk about a three-step plan mm-hmm. and we have a chart, mm-hmm. I know it can sound very heavy-handed mm-hmm. and it could be easy to go there. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate, I love when Charlotte talks about not using a sledgehammer on our children, and that it's an instrument with which they don't have very much sympathy, Mm -hmm. she said. And it's so true. So how can we make sure that we use these tools Mm -hmm. in that kinder, gentler way, Mm -hmm. not not beating our children over the head with this. Right. Do you have any tips for that? I think I think the main thing is to communicate it the right way and make sure that our heart is right mm-hmm. before we reprove mm-hmm. our children and before we correct our children. You know, it's okay for us to say, I've got to go have a time out in my room to make sure that my heart is right. So I think the three-step plan can actually help us um, to present it in a more calm way because it's hard to scream the word of God at them. Exactly. That's a good you point. Know, we're just yelling exactly. at them to go to their room or no TV for you tonight or no whatever tonight. Um, that's usually going to come across in a harsh way. So mm-hmm. I think that the three-step plan is a good plan because it is biblical. It's following the example mm-hmm. of Jesus. It's taking them to the word of God, which that is always a good thing across the board. But I think that the heavy uh, hand in it is in how we present it. Like if we are correcting our kids just because they're getting on, um, they're getting under our skin, they caused us some sort of personal discomfort or embarrassment or trouble, then we're going to sin against God. We're going to sin against our kids when we administer that reproof. And that's not a good representation of the word of God. So I think a lot of it is making sure that we're prayed up and always asking the Lord to help us because in my natural state, I'm not going to communicate with, with love and gentleness because I have a sin nature. And sometimes we have a tendency when our children um, misbehave or even when they sin, we take it personally. We do. You know, yeah. and that's that's not the thing. We should view those moments as these precious opportunities to teach them. If we could view all of their misbehavior as precious opportunities to train them and what's right, that would change. We would be oh. far more joyful, mm-hmm. and we would be joyful and eager all the time instead of angry and frustrated. But now I know that is so much easier said well, than done. Well, I, the oh, yeah. I will say though, having a plan and reaching for it physically is enough of a pause for me mm-hmm. and enough to get my mind right because I'm not reacting. I, mm-hmm. I'm approaching it from, okay, now we, we're going to address this mm-hmm. in a biblical way. So it forces me to have a biblical mindset going into it. And like Ginger said, it's really hard to scream heart-probing questions at your kids <laughs> right. or God's word. Yeah, so, right. I mean, yeah. it, I think having the plan actually really gives me more of a gentle approach to my kids. Yeah. And I actually give some questions because I know when we're in the heat of the moment, sometimes it's hard to think of the right questions, especially when we're in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. If I'm cooking supper or I'm upset or I'm emotional about something and my kid does something wrong, it was hard for me to immediately think of what kind of heart probing Mm -hmm. questions will help get past that outward behavior and really address the issue of the heart. So I've actually thought through two or three heart probing questions and they're really super, super simple. I mean, like even a child um, that is disobeying, like a two and a half, three-year-old that's disobeying, just super simple questions like, honey, are you obeying or are you disobeying? 
See, that's a, that's a very easy question. And, you know, some people are like, well, my kid, you, my kid would just clam up and not answer. Well, that's okay. Just answer for him. Just say, sweetie, you were disobeying. And mm -hmm. I love you too much to allow you to disobey. And so that's just a very simple way. And even if we ask a heart probing question, like, are you obeying or are you disobeying? That seems like such a simple thing. But it, even if the child doesn't answer, they're pondering in their heart mm -hmm. the answer to that question. And mm -hmm. that helps them to take ownership for the sin that is in their heart. And the first step to acknowledging our need for Jesus is to recognize the sin in our heart. Mm -hmm. So even at a young age, we can do that at, at very age appropriate levels by asking very simple questions like that. Now, Katie, you said you had three children. Three. Mm -hmm. Do you use these same questions with all three? Or right. is there a way that you individualize it yes. to respect each child as a person and their own personality? How do you use that tool well, that for, way. for our youngest, I find that it's best to give him the question and the answer if need be. And so that is a really helpful method for the younger. But for the older, I could even hand him the chart and say, you know, there is a sin that has happened in our home that has separated you from God and has caused, you know, problems with your siblings. I want you to find what sin you think that might be. And let's talk about it and ask and have him ask the questions and have him have just have a discussion with it. So, I mean, you can even take it to the point where you're giving him the scriptures. I want you to look these up and let's talk more about it after you've had time to think and process. So you, you can take it with older. I mean, even I find a lot of benefit from reading these myself and applying it to my own life and see how my behaviors mm -hmm. are not in line with what God's word says. So there really isn't an age limit on either side as far as the chart and the things in it and, you know, the three-step plan in general. Mm -hmm. And you can tailor it, especially with boys. I think um, my boys in particular really need physical touch mm -hmm. a lot of times to get their attention and to slow their minds down to where they're able to focus. Um, whereas our daughter, you know, auditory processing isn't as difficult for her. So, you know, in those types of ways, our approach can be changed, but the content is the same. It's God's word. Right. Now here's what's really fun is like I said, I had mine hanging in my kitchen. What's really fun, because I did that too, as mine got older, I would say, you know, you go get the chart, you look up the scripture and then let's talk about, you know, what you believe God is teaching you through this. So it's just a more mature approach of, of having them take responsibility and mm -hmm. go to it. But what's really fun is my kids got so familiar with this chart, <laughs> they started whipping it out on me. They can <laughs> hand it to me. Mom, what do you think? That <laughs> so oh, wow. that's good. It's accountability. Absolutely. Yeah, really. accountability. We're all growing and learning <laughs> as we go. Yeah. That's right. Confessing to each other. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Now, parenting is a big challenge for all of us. Mm -hmm no matter our situation. But in some ways, it almost feels like it's more of a challenge when you're also homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about the added challenge that you see of homeschooling and parenting. Mm -hmm. And then let's also talk about some of the benefits, because I think there are some benefits to okay. doing both as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think I'll let you, I'll let you address that as well, but I'm going to start with a benefit. Okay. I think that the, the greatest benefit of homeschooling with my kids and being able to parent them is that I was with them all day. Mm -hmm. So as situations, as struggles arose with my kids, I was able to address them at that moment with them, you know, because teaching that is done as you go, 
um, and, and, and in the moment, that is teaching that really benefits the child. The greatest benefit is done um, when teaching is done in the context of the moment. And so because I was with my children all day, that was a benefit because I was able to teach as we go. I would say the greatest challenge is also that I was home with them all day. <laughs> all day, day yes. And so, <laughs> and so in that, we can get very frustrated with mm-hmm. training our kids in some of these issues, especially the ones that they seem to struggle with over and over and over. And we're having to teach the same principles over and over and over. We could become very weary from doing that all day, every day. But we can be encouraged. This is one of my favorite verses with Galatians 6. 6, 9, and that verse says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That was my life verse for parenting and homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so the greatest challenge is uh, that you're there all day, and the greatest blessing is that you're there all day <laughs> with them. That's true. That's true. I, do I don't see a huge separation in my parenting and in my homeschooling, only because you know, my greatest responsibility is to teach my kids how to be God-honoring, successful adults. And by successful, I mean able to control their emotions and be in relationships that are productive and Mm -hmm. positive. And so, so much of the time we spend in our classroom is spent on relationships and behavior and things of that nature. And so while we do academics and those sorts of things, I I refer to that chart as much as I do any of our other books, Mm -hmm. only because, you know, the attitude they come to the table with Affects everything. Affects everything in the room. Yeah, and you know, so. and the and back to the heart probing questions. And this is not even in my chart, but the other day you were telling me about one of yours that was really struggling. It was day one of homeschool. Yeah, <laughs> and one of hers was yeah. really struggling mm-hmm. with a bad attitude about the schoolwork. That right. and, and the way that you probed his heart was just it completely changed. Tell that. Yeah, I love please that. do. Well, it's so good. For- well, our first day, three of the four of us cried. Um, it was it, it was only my daughter who didn't, and, and we've been doing this for a while, so it just, it was a rough day, and I think just getting back into a routine after moving and all of that. So yeah, you just moved into a new house, exactly, so, exactly, yeah. and from a different state, and it's just a lot of settling, and then COVID. You know, I think if that's going to be my excuse for a little while. <laughs> I can only use that for so long. But uh, one of mine in particular had just came to the table with a terrible attitude. And uh, I don't like math. And I just want to play Legos all day. And um, and I understood. I mean, it, it's hard to get back into a routine. So I wasn't as frustrated as I was wanting to get to the bottom of the attitude. And so I said, um, you know, we just, we had a discussion about homeschooling and what we love about it and what's challenging about it and what we can maybe do to, mm-hmm. to help. Well, at the end of the day, his attitude had completely changed. And so we have a feelings chart that we go over to. And I said, I want you to identify how you feel right now about school, about, you know, our relationship, just everything. And he, we have a little magnet and he put it on, I think it was joyful that he, that was at the end of the at day. At the end of the day. Okay. And I said, I would like for you to identify now how you felt this morning at the beginning of the day. And it was frustrated. And I, uh, and I pointed to the two and I said, there, nothing has changed in our situation. Nothing has changed between now and at the beginning of the day, except for your approach, except for your attitude about this schooling. And I said, that is going to make all the difference mm-hmm. in our home and in your heart and in your success at homeschooling is mm-hmm. your attitude and your approach to it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fun to see him kind of realize I was able to make that change myself mm-hmm. in my behavior. That it was all based on his exactly. attitude that made the change. But I also liked how you started out with that with questions because he was saying, 
I don't want to do homeschool. Right. I want to go to school. And so you were actually saying, I love the questions yeah. you said. You what said, okay, let's look at this. Did you well, what, what, what like. don't you love about it? You know, what what is what are we doing here that isn't working for you? And I think some of the things, you know, well, there's just the quantity of work was a challenge. And I said, well, okay, so do you want to learn these things? Do you want to know how to do math? Well, yes, ma'am. Okay, well, you know, what other approach would you take besides repetition and practice? And he's like, well, I guess, you know, I said, well, what if we, you know, have dad do, we do Life of Fred and we do Matthew C and just something a little more interesting to him and different. And you do that with dad. Well, yeah, okay. So we're actually adding more work. To, he, I mean, I don't think he really processed that. But you also but, started telling him some of the things that he would not be able to well, do. Well, that's it. If yeah. He went to school, so you know? let's talk about what, you know, what it would benefit you if you didn't learn these things. If you didn't learn spelling and writing and math, what couldn't you do? And so him thinking through what he wants to do for a career and all these things, he wouldn't be able to do. And he really loves independence. That's a big deal to him. And so I think just really talking through some of that with him, mm -hmm. it, it got him to see that, yeah, all my negativity toward this is really unnecessary. It's not helping. <laughs> it's only keeping him down um, and unable to really focus. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was that's good. A, it, it, the day ended well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It sounds like as we look at using the three-step approach with our mm -hmm. kids in all these areas, it has to start with us, and it's mm -hmm. almost what I'm thinking of is we've got to instill a new habit in ourselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A new habit of how we look at these opportunities, mm -hmm. a new habit of how we think about our kids, mm -hmm. and a new habit, potentially, of how we handle mm -hmm. these situations. Right. Yes, and you know, and as far as how we handle them, we're all going to blow it sometimes. Mm -hmm. you Thank know, you for that reminder. We are all going <laughs> to blow true. it sometimes. And you know, I mean, I read, I wanted to be such a good mom. And so I read all the parenting books and then I wound up writing a couple of them, but I still mm -hmm. blew it with my kids, even after I had done all this studying and praying and all that, because we're sinful and we're going to blow it. But what we need to realize, and I'm one of those kind of people, I don't know if you guys are like this, but when I blow it, I have this tendency to really beat myself up mm -hmm. about it. And, but instead, God can really use those moments that we blow it to model for our kids what to do when we behave badly. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just tell you a story about one time that I really blew it badly with my kids. Um, I forgot how old they were, maybe eight and 10. But we have a creek behind our house, and we have this little bridge that you can cross over. And so my kids love to cross over the bridge and play in the woods. We had a tree house, we had a swing set, so lots of fun. And But one day they decided that the creek looked more intriguing than the woods. And so they play in the creek and they get their clothes all wet and muddy. But they had had so much fun doing it that I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to complain about the wet and muddy clothes. I'm going to be the cool mommy. <laughs> and so I listened to all the adventures they had had in the creek that day. But of course, their newfound play area lured them back the next day and the next day. And until I'm like, okay, I'm over the wet and muddy clothes. <laughs> I was also starting to get a little concerned that it, it might be dangerous down there in the creek without me out there with him. So I brought the kids in the house, sat them down on the couch, and I laid down the law very clearly. I said, okay, the creek has been a lot of fun. You guys have had a blast. But it actually is probably not a good idea. It could be dangerous. There could be snakes even down there. And so, and it's, you, you need to stop getting your clothes wet and muddy every day. So new rule, you may not play in the creek anymore. You can cross over the bridge. You can play in the tree. There are all kind of fun stuff to do. You don't have to be in the creek. Very clear. They understood these instructions. It wasn't three days later. Here they come traipsing up to the house and Wesley's clothes are soaking wet. 
And I'm in the heat of the moment. I had something going on that day. And so instead of probing the heart and talking about these things, I mean, I just really blew it. And I started rattling off how he had disobeyed me. I told you not to get in the creek and you did it anyway. That's direct disobedience. And you're not going to be allowed to play out in the creek for three days. And on and on and on I went. And when I finally shut my yap trap <laughs> and looked down, oh, it was just, it was heartbreaking. There was this look of just total exasperation on both of their little faces. I can still picture their faces. Mm -hmm. And through tears and a quivering lip, Wesley began to explain. He said, Mom, we were crossing over the bridge. He said, and Alex, that's his little sister, she had her teddy bear, and she was bouncing him along the rail, and she accidentally dropped him, and he went over the rail, and he landed down in the creek. He said, and Alex was so upset, Mama, and she was saying, he's going to drown, Wesley, he's going to drown. <laughs> he said, and Mama, I, I really... I didn't mean to disobey. He said, she was so upset, and I really thought that you would want me to get her teddy bear for her. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I was wrong. And, I, it, it, and you know, and I could have just continued to beat myself up about that, but mm -hmm. God prompted me to model the right thing to do there. So I set both of them down again, and I said, you know what? The angry way that I just spoke to you, mm. it showed no respect for you, and it dishonored God. Will you forgive me for jumping to conclusions before I even answered you? I think it's in Proverbs. It says, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Shame yes. on me. And so I just said, you know, will you forgive me? I shouldn't have lashed out in anger. I should have listened before I spoke. And please forgive me. And, you know, when we're willing to humble ourselves and confess and ask our kids to forgive us when we blow it, God's grace comes down. Mm. And it, it's an opportunity, instead of just throwing our hands up and saying, well, I just blew it, it's an opportunity to show them what the conviction of the Holy Spirit looks like and the right way to, to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so um, when we blow it, that's the best way to handle it. And, and our kids are so forgiving. They're so full of grace. And then we're doing, sometimes when I would talk harshly to my kids, I would do that. I'd say, you know what? Wait a minute. I just was disrespectful the way I spoke to you, and I just dishonored God. Let me try that again in a way that does show respect, in a way that does honor God. Because we were all about the what to put off and what to put on. You know, if my kids spoke to me in a disrespectful way, I'm like, try that again in a way that does show respect. So for us being willing to do that same thing, that shows them what humility and the and the right way to respond to the conviction of the Spirit looks like. Now, did I always do that? No. But the times that I did, man, God's grace really came through, and, and it, it taught all of us a good lesson. Well, and I think that teaches our kids more than if we were perfect, you know, yes. in that situation. It shows yeah. them how to model repentance mm -hmm. and shows them that we can humble ourselves and admit when we're wrong as well. Mm -hmm. so. And they're always so forgiving. They are. And when we do that, it makes them more willing to do it as well. When we demonstrate humility, it may, it, it stirs their hearts to also. It's not two sets of rules. Right. Right. You know, exactly. We're all following God's mm -hmm. word. We're all learning and growing together. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thanks so much. How can people get in touch with you and get in contact with you to learn more about parenting okay. or, you know, yeah. just 
get to yeah, know you guys yeah, more. Yeah. Well, I have a website, gingerhubbard.com, and all the resources that we talked about are available on my website. And sure, you can get them off Amazon, but I'd rather you get them from me. <laughs> um, but that's okay. And so, and then uh, Katie and I are both active on Instagram. I love to offer daily encouragement and advice for parents on Instagram. And I am at ginger.hubbard. And then Katie, she is like the most hilarious person. <laughs> Katie is my favorite person to follow on Instagram because she is just so hilarious. Don't look for me for parenting tips necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> More sarcasm on Instagram, I think. But She's awesome. a little lighthearted break yeah, during the day. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So go to me for the tips. Go to her for the lighthearted <laughs> <laughs> But Katie is at Katie in a corner, and it's K-A-T-Y mm-hmm. in a corner. And so we love to uh, connect with mm-hmm. our folks on Instagram. And then our the, the thing that the biggest thing we're doing though that we are super excited about and uh, the biggest connection that we have with everyone is through our podcast. And the podcast is Parenting at, uh, no, what is it? Parenting, Parenting with, with Ginger What is the name of our podcast? It's new. It's new. <laughs> Parenting with Ginger Hubbard and technically Ann Katie Morgan. Yes. And so, um, but you guys can listen everywhere. And the podcast, we are just super excited and passionate about um, really helping parents learn how to reach past that outward behavior pull out what's going on in the hearts of their kids and then address it from a biblical perspective. And we also um, are really excited about helping parents from a practical standpoint Mm -hmm. to move past Mm -hmm. those frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues like lying and whining and tattling and complaining Mm -hmm. and disrespecting and uh, into a more uh, heart-oriented, confident, and biblical approach to raising their kids. So we cover all sorts of topics. um, And answer a lot of listener questions. And we answer, yes, we love for our listeners to um, go to my website and they can ask questions and we answer questions on the podcast. So that way we know what specific struggles kids are having and we'll address that. Like we just had a huge influx of questions on biting and hitting for mm-hmm. some reason, it was crazy. Like so many questions coming in on biting and hitting, and we're like, "Well, we need to do an episode on biting and hitting." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think those are the ones that are actually airing right now. Yeah. Okay, great. So, but those are great ways to connect with us, and and we we love encouraging and connecting with folks about parenting. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being on today. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for having us. We'll leave links in the show notes to all of those resources that Ginger was talking about. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>